go to Matthew 5, 14 to 16. And the theme of the year through our, all of our campuses is a city on a hill, a light that can't be hidden. And that's going to be in Loughborough, that's going to be in Stoke, and that's going to be in here. So Matthew 5, 14, 16 says this. And, and what I was, I've got a Bible here that Jesus' words are in red. And these are Jesus' words. So if they're Jesus' words, they've got to be good enough for us. You know, there's, there's some things in the Bible you might say, oh, I don't agree with that, but these are Jesus' words. So let me read them. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hill. Like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it, where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. May God add his blessing unto his word. It's reported that we have a population in 2020 of 7.8 billion people. And it's worked out that around 2.4 billion of those 7.8 million people, billion people, are in some way a Christian, whatever that means. In fact, it works out at 32.5%. And I'm not sure if that's entirely true because they say some stats are made up, aren't they? But let's go with it. And I'm not sure entirely true that 2.8 million people or 8 billion people, should I say, are actually full followers of Christ. But that's what they've said. They've said that certain people are Christians and that's the figure. What I do know is, is that that figure is the biggest figure when it comes to faith groups. That the Christian walk is the biggest Category out of all the faiths. In fact, to put that into some sort of understanding, when it comes to the Muslim faith, they maybe have 1.6 billion followers. Still quite a big number, but when it comes to being Christians, we have got 2.8 billion followers. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? And the world will tell us that at 2.8 billion, that actually we've got nothing to say. But actually, 2.8 billion, we should be leading the way. We should be this light in the darkness, a city on a hill. And this year, we are setting ourselves up even more that we will be a city on a hill. Why do we want to be a city on a hill? Because in the olden days, they put cities on hills because it gave you strength. That you could look down and you could see into the other parts of the city, into the other parts, but also you could look out for the enemy. And in 2020, we're going to be looking out for the enemy. But the city on a hill makes you collectively stronger because everybody has their part. Everybody's doing their thing. That's what makes us stronger. And in 2020, we're looking at what it looks like to make us stronger. You see, people attack cities on a hill or attack a church or attack our faith, but if we are strong together, we can bring change. We can bring light into that darkness. But we have to be together. You see, this city on a hill doesn't work in the olden times. It doesn't work today unless we're together. You see, if you go off doing your own thing, it becomes a chink somewhere in the wall. It becomes a place where the enemy can get in. That's okay to go off and do our own things, but I'm talking if you're going to go off maverickly and do something in the Lord and you haven't heard from the Lord. Just because it suits your theology or your understanding or because you don't like what I've said. But we are stronger together. You know when the Romans fought? 
They never fought very far from the next person next to them. Why? Because they could quite easily link together. Rob, come and help me. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. You're on my side this week. I'm not, Thanks, not trying to attack you or anything like that. So they would fight close together and then they would link. And their shields would link. I'll sit down behind you. <laughs> you sit down. I'll take Alex. He'll fight with me. They linked together and they fought together and they moved forward together. And in 2020, I want to show us, or I want us to look at what does it look like for us to link together and move forward together. Because we're stronger together. This is all for free. This is now my notes. I'll get to my notes in a minute. But we're stronger together. A city on a hill allows us to do that. Now, why do we need to be a city on a hill? What does a city on a hill do? We need to look out for our city. We need to be looking out for the city of Sunderland and the places around. Because as Christians, if we're carrying Jesus and if we're carrying the light, we should be able to see things that are happening from far off. If we don't get a grip as a country, all our, all our, what do they call them? The mayors. All our mayors are going to have a Muslim influence if we don't get a grip. And people say, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? Trust me, it does matter. And we need to be looking into our city, what's happening. And we should be saying, God, what is happening? And not only should we be looking for our city, part of that is praying into our city. We should be advising our city. See, it's no mistake that some of these schools have asked me to be part of certain things, to shape certain things, because they want us to speak life into them. If you are full of Jesus, if you are full of the light, you've got something to offer. And it might seem an impossible situation, but being the light of Jesus, he'll allow you to say the right thing at the right time. There's things that we're having meetings for as a church that I'm involved in, I shouldn't be involved in. But because we bring something different, they want to hear as a church, not just our church, we're very unique. We've got something great to bring. We've got something great to offer. And we shouldn't hide that under a bushel. We should shout it from the treetops. Not for us, for the glory of the Heavenly Father. If you think it's about you this morning, you've missed it. If I think this church is about me, I've missed it. It's all about the glory of Jesus. And long after I'm gone... This church is still about the glory of Jesus. Everything we should do we should be about the glory of Jesus. See, George Barner, who is an American guy, but he specialises in putting stats together for churches and strategising churches and telling them, this is what's happening and you should be looking out for this. This is what he says. And this is a little bit hard to swallow, but get hold of this. And he's got the hard data to back up what I'm going to say. The average Christian in the average evangelical charismatic church is almost indistinguishable from the rest of society. When our teens supposedly save, get pregnant and do drugs at the same rate as the rest of society, when we cheat in business or lie or steal and cheat on our spouses, it's at the same rate and the same stats of those who are not Christians. He goes on to say something is wrong. 
If we are light, a city on a hill, we've got to break the above pattern. We've got to be different. In fact, we are called, I honestly believe we are called to be different. Different in Jesus. And that's what I want for us as a church, that we are not average. Not as a church, not as people, but we're full of the light and we're full of Jesus and that we're determined to bring change to the world that we live in. Because the world will tell us this is the way that we should live. And it's okay that your boys will get somebody pregnant maybe in their teens because that's what the stats say. And out of the three boys, it's okay that one will possibly go on drugs because that's what the world does. No, it's not okay. Just because the world says it's okay, we don't need to accept it. There's 2.8 billion of us that actually should be taking a stand in a different way. Now, I can't answer for the 2.8 billion, but I can answer for my family and I can try and guide this church that we're going to stand in the darkness for Jesus. You see, just one little stand can make a difference. can bring change for the good. I'm not accepting that our teens, that our kids are going to go off the rails. I'm not accepting it. I'm not accepting that your marriages are going to fail because that's what the world says should happen. I'm not accepting it. I'm not accepting that your health shouldn't be better because the world says you should be poorly now and you should be dead. I'm not accepting it and you shouldn't accept it either. We're called to be something different. We're called to be light bearers. And whatever your situation is, don't speak gloom into it, speak light into it. Because why we are called to be different, we're called to be this city on a hill, a lamp that can't be put under the shade. The light always extinguishes the dark. You never walk into a place and switch the light on and the light, or oh, the dark's still here. If it's a decent light, the light changes things. It's interesting, isn't it, that when you walk down the corridor at night, in the dark, trying to get to the toilet, it can be a little bit scary. But you've walked that many, many times. And the chances are, nothing's going to jump out of you. You might trip over a hoover if you've left it there. But that would be my fault. But when you put the light on, it changes things, doesn't it? We have to switch the light on our lives. And we have to live by the light of Jesus. See, I'm not accepting that that's what the world says it should be. We can be different. We can be different. I keep saying to my boys, I'm not raising thugs, I'm raising gentlemen. So go back and pick that up. Go back and say you're sorry. Every time I send my boys into school, we know, Daddy, before you say it, if we want something, we have to say please. And then if we, if we get that thing, we need to say thank you. Yes, and we know that it doesn't matter if it's teachers, it doesn't matter if it's friends, it doesn't matter if it's somebody else's parent. We've got to do that, Daddy. Okay, as long as you've got it. You've got to say please and thank you because it helps bring light in the darkness. Because we can have something different for our kids. We can have something different for our marriage. We can have something different for our business. Why? Because we carry something unique. The light of Jesus. Not only the light, he makes a difference in our situations. I want to give you some thoughts this morning of maybe how we can live as light bearers, as how we can be this city on a hill. And I'm going to unpack it a little bit more over the rest of the weeks. The first one, I want to mention just my thoughts. If we want to be a city on a hill, if we want to be full of light, firstly, we have to be connected to the source. Hear me. 
Firstly, we need to be connected to the source, the source of light. That source of light is Jesus. See, we get caught up in doing the things for Jesus, which is fine. But sometimes we need to reconnect with the source. We need to reconnect with him. And sometimes instead of us doing the things that we do, we need to sit at his feet. We need to recharge. We need to shut the world out and say, Jesus, this is me and you time. We need to reconnect with the source. In John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When we're disconnected from the source, there's only so long that we can carry on before we really start to be disconnected, before we not function right, before we don't make a difference, before we're doing it in our own strength. Got to be connected to the source. The source is Jesus. I want to ask you this morning, when was the last time that you purposely connected with the source? When did you spend time? When did you push other things out of your diary to spend time with the source and connect and recharge? If you're full of the source, if you're full of Jesus, our countenance should be different. You know what I mean by countenance? The way that we look, the way that we shine, the way that we... What is it with Christians who are miserable? I don't know where to look. What is it with Christians that are miserable? If Jesus has changed your life and the light of him is expelling the darkness within you, our countenance should be different. Are we always going to go around happy clappy? Yeah, we should do. We're panties. <laughs> Give me oil in my life. Of course not. Shine, Jesus, shine. Two songs that should be in room 101. <laughs> but our countenance should be different. When people come into contact with us, our countenance should be different. They should see that there's something different about us. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I love Jesus. Life's a pain. Can't believe I'm doing that. Why am I doing it in a Brummy accent? I don't know why I'm doing it in a Brummy accent. <laughs> But we should be different. There's some people, again, I don't know where to, Adam. Some people, I'm in their company and it drains me. No, I, no, 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 no. I'm trying to not pick on anyone. But there's other people, I'm in their company, their countenance changes me. I don't feel sorry for him. But our countenance should be different. We should be able to go into rooms and we should light up the room. Not because we're life and soul of the party, because Jesus has changed us. I remember in my debt work in Loughborough, I had a guy who I was trying to help get out of debt. He was in the right mess. And we helped try and furnish his flat. And I remember we got him a washing machine. And I had to lug this flipping washing machine three floors up. With, do you know washing machines have concrete blocks in and he wasn't well enough to lift it, apparently. <laughs> so I lug this washing machine up. Now, I've worked with him for a number of months. And I felt God say as I'm lugging it, yeah, I do hear him when I'm lugging it, tell him about me. 
This guy was miserable. Miserable as sin. His life wasn't worth living, he thought. And I lugged this washing machine up. And in my head and in my heart, I thought, this guy's going to hear about Jesus. Because, you know, he's getting this for free. He's definitely getting Jesus today. So I lug it to the top of the floor. Now, I have been working with him for a number of weeks. This isn't a number of months, actually. And he's miserable. And I lugged this washing machine in, and I thought he'd be happy. Well, it's white, isn't it? It's not silver. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, it's six kg. I wish it was seven. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You keep washing your clothes in the sink then. And everything about him, he was miserable. And I still felt prompted by God to give him the light of Jesus because it's the light that can change this man. I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to give him the light. I've lugged this washing machine up. I can hardly breathe. He's miserable. Give him the message. So I tell him about Jesus, how much life can be different, how that Jesus died for him, and he gave his life to the Lord right there. Me, gasping for breath on the washing machine. <sighs> Jesus loves you. <sighs> but you know what happened? This miserable man in his face and in the way that he looked, his countenance changed. All of a sudden he gave his life to Jesus like the weight had been lifted off his shoulders. He went from miserable to smiling. Threw me back. But that's what the light of Jesus does. That one, it should change other people, but also our countenance should be different. People should come into contact with you and they say there's something about you that's different. And it's not your BO or your bad breath. There's something about you that's good that is different the countenance of Christ shining off you. It's a verse that talks about being a sweet aroma. I want to ask you someone, are you a sweet aroma to people? Because it says in his word, if, if they accept you, they will accept me, as in Jesus. But they won't accept you if you stink. And I'm not talking stink, stink. I'm talking that your attitude is bad or your countenance is down. But if they accept you, they'll accept Jesus. if we're full of Jesus, if we're full of the light, we need to reflect that light. He hasn't filled us with light so we can be filled with light. He's filled us so we can reflect that light and reflect that light of Jesus. Reflection only comes by being connected to the source. Maybe this morning you're connecting fine with God, that's fine. Maybe this morning you need to reconnect with him in some way. Maybe this morning you've never given your life to Christ and you need to connect with him. Why? Because he wants to connect with you. It won't be the, it'll be one of the best decisions that you've ever made in your life, giving your life to Jesus. In an instant he can change things. In an instant he gives you that future. Number two, I must realise that letting my light shine is an intentional choice. See, if you want to let your light shine, you have to be intentional about it. You make a choice how you're going to respond to people. You make a choice how you're going to react. Does stuff get us down? Yes, it does. Do we always react in the right way? No, we don't. But you make a choice if that light's going to shine out of you. I, I, every morning I'm saying to the Lord, I want to be a blessing to people's lives. I want to build them up. I want to encourage them today.
Do I always get it right? No. But I'm trying to set my stall out that today I'm going to be light. Got to be intentional about being light. Got to be intentional in sharing that light. It's a choice. You see, words are cheap, aren't they? We can't just say I'm going to be light today. We have to do something about it. What are you doing with the light that you're carrying? You make a choice. You get intentional, you set a plan and you live that way. In fact, if you do that, it becomes a keystone habit. You remember the other week I talked about habits and certain ones are keystone habits that form other good habits in your life. By doing this, by being intentional, by setting a plan, you're starting, you're starting to shape a keystone habit, which will have an effect on other things in your life for the good. Nobody goes into a, a room, switches the light on and puts foil over it. What's the purpose of the light? Help me. What's the purpose of the light? To shine, to illuminate the darkness. Let's not cover it up because we don't want anybody to have any light. We can't cover ourselves up because we need to share the light. Remember, we're unique. We've got something to offer. Isaiah 45, 7, this is what it says. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light. The Hebrew word translated from form is yatsar, Y-A-T-S-A-R. And it carries the idea of squeezing into shape and means to mould into a form, especially like a potter. So the process of becoming light involves allowing God to shape us as potter would the clay, moulding us, taking some bits off, making us more like him. Isaiah 64, 8, but now, O Lord, you are Father, we are the clay and you are the potter. And we are the works of your hand. If you want to be a light bearer, if we're going to be light bearers as a church, we need to be intentional about letting God mould us and shape us as a church and individually. In 2020, we need to make the decision that no longer are we going to try and shape and mould ourselves. Let's allow God to do that. And if you've already decided that, continue to allow him to shape you and mould you. My prayer for this church is, is, Lord, don't let me mould and shape it. You mould and shape it. That means there's bits that have to be thrown away and smashed in a bit more. And I'm not quite happy with that. And that's what's going to happen with church this year. God's going to get us. And, and that's what he's going to do with your life. And he's going to shape and mould and make you into something greater for his kingdom. If you want to be a light bearer, you've got to be intentional about it. Number three, I must realise that if I like it or not, my life is on display. The moment you say that you're a follower of Jesus, the moment that you share the light, and however you're trying to share it, people are watching. And people are watching for a number of reasons. People are watching, firstly, because they want to catch you out. Because now you set your stall out that I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. So they already know that you must be different. Must be. So they're watching. They're ready to catch you out. But some are watching because they're looking for something in their own lives. And if this person who I'm watching shows me a good example of this, then maybe that's the life I need to follow. So people are watching all the time. I have to be careful with my boys around. Because there's some habits that I do that I'm not happy with, but I'm in the habit of doing that. And I think, 
Oh man, I don't want my boys to catch that. So you have to be careful who's around you because people are watching all the time. They're watching you. And the moment you say you're a Christian, you're in the spotlight. 1 Peter 2.12 says this, Keep your behaviour excellent among the Gentiles. So in the thing which they slander you in as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they have observed them, glorify God on the day of visitation. When you radiate the light, people start watching you. When you proclaim Jesus, people start watching you. Our lives are an example. If you like it or not, our lives are an example. In 2020, coming out of 2019, our city is desperate for people to lead by example. Our youth, our kids are desperate for people to lead by example. Our schools, our education process are desperate for people to lead by example. Our businesses need people to lead by example. Well, where are those examples going to come from? They've got to come from people who are full of the light. Yes, there can be good practices in various things that we do. But really, for that really to fly, light has to shine. The light of Jesus. Our lives are an example. The light expels the darkness. Your light, the light of the church, expels the darkness around us. Don't think for a minute that you can't walk into a situation and that your life, because it's full of Jesus, your light can't change that situation. We've only been in Seaburn Dean for a couple of months and I believe that our light is changing that situation. A desperate situation, but the light of Jesus is breaking through just by the way that we are. We haven't sat down and said, here's seven points of what you need to do with your school. It's actually just watches, serve you, love you, love God, love people. We're trying to really live that out. See, I, I want to ask you this question. People are watching you all the time. All the time. Are you, what are you like at home and what are you like at church? Are you the same person? Or are you different at church? Are you different where people can see you? What you see of me is what you see on the stage is what you see in my house. Am I perfect? No but I'm really trying to live that out. And I want to ask you, what is your life like? If I was to be a fly on the wall, would I be shocked by some of the stuff that goes on in your house? Or would I just be like, actually, do you know what? They would do that if they were in church. People are watching all the time. Christians, non-Christians, watching what you're doing with your life. I hear this a lot. I'm in a workplace pastor that is tough. It's so dark, there's no other Christians. It's a disgusting place to work. I, I need to get out of here. Would you pray that I get another job? Firstly, yes, I will pray that you'll get another job. But while you're in that situation, you need to be light in the darkness. Sheila won't mind me sharing this. Sheila wants to get out of her work. So if you've got any decent paid work, she's your lady. Something like, what was it, £25 an hour you wanted or something? But what she said to me, she's come and she said, this is a difficult situation. The way they do business is bad. The way people treat each other is bad. Every time she has come to me, 
to help her pray her through it or give her some advice. She said, I'm going to go back tomorrow and I'm determined that I'm going to put some life into that place. I'm going to put some light into it and I'm going to try and get Jesus in. Well, good on you, girl. Still makes it difficult. But while you are waiting, whoever, for a new job, try and be light in the darkness. Dad tells this story that when he was about 16, he went to his first job, which was in the factory, an upholstery factory, which is a bit of a joke because he's got no DIY skills, can't hold a hammer the right way around, wouldn't know where a screwdriver if it slapped him in the face. But he was in this upholstery firm and he'd literally just given his life to Jesus. And You know, when we give our lives to Jesus, things can change in an instant. And he was in the factory just trying to be a 16-year-old lad surviving one in the factory. If you've never worked in the factory, it's an eye-opener to you if you've never been on the ground. Just trying to be this thing, this person that God said he is in the Bible. He's very young. And people used to say to him, they were watching the moment, because he went in there from the, set his stall out, naive, naive 16-year-old. Just to let you know, I'm a Christian, so I won't be taking part in any of your jokes. I won't be ta- Whatever. Shut up, you whippersnapper. Men who were 30s, 40s, 50s, had families, who knew better, who were better experienced, apparently. And he just got on with it, hated it. And they used to come to him and say, oh, you call yourself a Christian? You just swore. Gotcha. And he'd go away thinking, did I? Really? Lord, I'm, I'm really sorry, I... It must be old habits slipping in. And then a few moments later, got you again, you swore again. And this carried on and he was the right state and he, and, he, and he tells the story that actually many nights he would go home feeling beat up saying, Lord, I, I'm a shocking Christian. I'm terrible. I, I'm always swearing. Would you help me deal with this language? Would you help me to be better for you and a better witness because I'm being a terrible witness? And he'd go in the next day and they'd do exactly the same. Caught you swearing there. Oh. In fact, make it worse, heard you shout, oh my God. Why, I thought you were a Christian. And they were doing this and every day he was going back feeling disgruntled and feeling beat up. And eventually he left the factory and got on with some other stuff and got on with life. But you know, a number of years later he met one of the guys that was in the factory. I think it was about 20, 30 years later. This guy got saved and he said, uh, Phil, can I, can I just talk to you for a moment? It's good catching up and various things like that. But you know in the factory every day when we told you that you swore, you never swore once. You never called or blasphemed on your God. We just wanted to see how far we could push you. We just wanted to see people were watching and not once did he fall. See, our God is well able to keep us when people are watching us and accusing us. The truth always comes out. Hmm. Our life's on display. People are always watching. If you proclaim to be a follower of Jesus, people need to see it. The way that we speak, the way that we speak to each other, it shocks me sometimes. 
when you hear certain people speak. They're all nice and very religious to me. And then they don't see me as they walk out. They go across the road and then they tell somebody to get lost because they've cut them up in the car or because they've walked across the street when they shouldn't have walked across there and they've given somebody a really tough time. The things we get involved in. For a follower of Jesus, we, we need to be careful of the things that we get involved in. We need to be careful of the things we don't get involved in. There's certain things we should be getting involved in as Christians. The things that we're part of, we need to be careful of our attitudes if we're full of the light. We're a lamp on a stand. The point of the lamp, it gives light to the whole house. And I was challenged by this little bit. The lamp in the corner. It's not just for my benefit. It's for the whole house. And we need to let our light shine because it not only benefits our little corner, but it benefits the whole house. It benefits the whole city to allow our light to shine. I want to be a church. I want to be a people that our light clearly shines. Number four, I must realise that light is seen through my works. Bear with me here. It says this, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's not shy away from the term good works. Firstly, our good works is not going to bring our salvation. Our good works isn't the thing that sees us saved. However, once we're saved, our good works is the thing that the Holy Spirit uses to work through us to show that we're actually moving in God. It's our example to others. Won't get you saved, but we, are, we work our faith out through our good works. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not for yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. See, it's no good as talking about these things. So I shared vision last week. And if I believe God says we should go after these things, it's no good me just sharing those things and not doing anything about them. It's no good as not being happy about something in our city if we're not prepared to do something about it. If we're not prepared to take a stand. It's no good talking about that thing in your work situation if you're not prepared to take a stand and be light. See, our, our words are cheap. As Christians, our words are safe in here. Our words can be cheap, but we have to do something about it. If we're serious about people going to hell, we've got to do something about it. Or do we just talk about it? Because that's what we talk about in church. We, we should go after the lost, because that's what we do. But how are we going to go after the lost? And we're doing that through the church, we're working that through, but I want to challenge you that our words can be cheap, and sometimes there was that old advert, wasn't there? The old cocoa beans. Whoosh. Our actions speak louder than our words. Words are important, but our actions back up certainly our Christian faith. If we're going to be this city in the hill, if we're going to be light on the darkness, what actions are you taking of good works for the kingdom of God? That you've intentionally set out that you're going to do that work for. Works on behalf of the Father. Number five, I must realise that my works, my light, are to bring glory to God. 
says at the bottom of the verse there, to glorify your Father in heaven. I've mentioned this already, but we've got to realise this. This Christian walk isn't about us. It's far from about us. If we think it's about us, we need to reevaluate. If you think this church is about our little private club, we need to reevaluate. If you don't want anybody to join our private club, we need to reevaluate. Because the local church is God's answer, is Jesus' answer for the plan that He wants to work out through our city and through our lives. If anybody tells you that the local church isn't important, they're wrong. Because God's plan, Jesus' plan is through the local church. That means we have to be light. That means we have to be light bearers. That means we need to be working on our good works as we work this out. It's no good to keep shouting about stuff. But I want us to have this culture that, not that we've got false humility, but the things that we do, we throw it back to Jesus. The things that we do are because of Jesus. The opportunities that we have are because of Jesus. People say to me, I don't know how you managed to do this and how you managed to do that and how you managed. Do you know what? It's nothing to do with me. I'm trying to be obedient to Jesus. I'm trying to be obedient to Jesus. And somehow in 2020, I want us to up what it looks like for us to glorify Jesus in this place. I don't think we're doing a bad job of it. But I really want to put it on steroids and move forward of how we keep glorifying God in this place. Because I honestly believe we keep glorifying Jesus, this place takes care of itself. Because this is his place. You know, I, I've changed the way I pray to saying, I used to pray, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you are very welcome in this place. Now, they are. But this is already their place. I'm not welcome in my home. It's already my home. I'm already welcome. So I'm changing how I pray. This is your house. What do you want to do in your house? How do we glorify you in your house? 2020, I'm setting our stall out that we look to glorify Jesus in his house. But not just in the house, in the community, in the city. Because it's no good having this light and keeping it all very close to ourselves. Then we go home and say, well, that was a great meeting, wasn't it? What I can remember of it. And I remember the first point, but the fourth point by then, I was sleeping. If we're serious about God, we've got to allow this lifestyle to change our lifestyle and to change the lifestyles around us. I don't care this morning if you remember what I've said or not, but... What I want you to remember is that you're light bearers for Jesus. That you're a city on a hill that can't be put out. So how are we going to do the future vision in 2020? How are we going to have a pet service? We've already got the mice. That's a good point. Anybody got any cats so you can bring to that? <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do it. How are we going to be a greater blessing to this city and to the people around? I don't know, but we're going to set our stall out and we're going to bring light. How are we going to do this building? How are we going to change it? How are we going to 
I don't know, but I do know that we've got to call on the Lord Jesus. How are we going to connect with people better? How are we going to grow? I don't know. But I know I have a big God. I know I have a big God. And that big God isn't just in me. If you've accepted Jesus in your life, he's a big God for you too. In the places wherever you work, the places that you do business, the places that you go shopping, the places where your world is, if you're full of the light of Jesus, it's not exclusive to me being the pastor, you can bring light to that darkness. You can hold integrity when the world doesn't have any integrity at that workplace. Just because everybody takes something from that rent money or something out of that till and nobody would know, you don't have to do that. In fact, God knows. Integrity is great of allowing the darkness to be expelled. You share a bit of integrity, the darkness is being killed in an instant. You're sharing the light. Well, I'm setting our stall out this year. We're going to be a city on a hill. A light that can't be put under a bushel, a light that can't be put out. How are we going to do it? I don't know. I don't know. But we have a big God who's well able. And, and maybe it's today, maybe you, you're wondering, how am I going to face tomorrow? Let alone bring light. How am I going to face tomorrow? If you're full of God, you've got everything that you need. You've got everything that you need tomorrow. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In 2020, let's be a people of light bearing. Let's be a people of faith. Let's be a people that go for it. See, I'd prefer that we stood before God and had a go and maybe not always got it right than actually stand before God and say, do you know what, I was too scared. I calculated the risk and it wasn't going to happen. I, I just didn't think you were big enough, God. I never want us to fall into that place. I want us to be a church that we're going after what God has told us to go after. This week, maybe you need to look at your life. What does it look like to be real light bearer of Jesus? Let's pray. Father, we're setting our stall out to be a city on a hill, a light in the darkness, a something that can't be put out easily. And, and Father, we are unique because we hold you, because we carry you, we're unique. And what we have to offer is unique. Lord, would you help us to speak light into the darkness, into those worlds that we influence, whatever those worlds are. And those worlds can be very, very different for each one of us. Lord, that our, the light of you would shine and break through. That Lord, that you'd bring hope, that you'd bring love, that you'd bring transformation in this community and in this city. Help us this year, Lord, as we look out for our city. Help us this year, Lord, as we pray into our city. Help us, Lord, this year as we guide our city for your glory in Jesus' name. And just on a side note, I felt God say this to me last night. That, that it, if we want to see real change, we've got to get into some positions that are going to bring real change. And I don't know who this is for. And I might be way off the beat here. And I'm hoping it's not the cheese that I had for tea. 
that if we need to make real change in this city, I believe that God has put on one of your hearts that you need to step up and become an MP. And you might be thinking, that is a crazy, crazy word. You're right, it is. It's a crazy word. But maybe one of you needs to get into some sort of politics, needs to get in and be an MP and help shape the inner workings of the local government. And if that's you, please come and see me and see how we can try and release you into that. Amen. Let's...